praise the lord <laughs> praise the lord so tonight's uh, topic is uh, we love because he has loved us first this actually a uh, verse from the scripture itself and the scripture is 1 john chapter 4 verse 19 this is from the scripture itself 1 john chapter 4 verse 19 we love because he has loved us so actually from our small days uh, we have been told and it has been drilled into us that christianity is to love one another i think you also would have been told i have also been told love one another you know when you are fighting with your siblings you know my, my mother used to pull my ear and say you must love one another you know and then we were given a punishment uh, my sister was told to say the first part of the hail mary and i was told to do the second part so she gritted her teeth and said hail mary full of death because she's so angry and and i will respond by saying holy mary mother of god so we are angry but we are saying our prayers because the commandment is clear what's the commandment love one another but i don't think we were ever told uh, how to do that how do we love one another uh, we were we assumed that we have to find the goodwill the strength the character from within our own selves to love the other and if someone asks why because jesus expects you to love one another so in marriage also of course everyone gets married expecting to love one another isn't it but deep in the secret places of our hearts we are assuming that we will receive love from the other but the problem is that the other one has also come with the same intention <laughs> so each of us supposed to love the other is in need of love is in need of validation is in need of security and what's the result the result is most often that we can't love one another we also tend to hate one another praise the lord praise the lord actually uh, uh, there was a series of films made by one of the famous actors uh, michael douglas michael douglas is a famous actor uh, in this series in the first one uh, the the film was all about the romantic powerful love between him and the other star the lady you know the second one is about how the marriage when sa and the third one is how they really found creative ways of hating each other <laughs> it's amazing if you see that <laughs> you know creative ways of really hating each other you know and if one did one thing someone the other one did something worse <laughs> and and it's an amazing reflection because uh, the commandment is so clear what's the commandment love one another 
And, but the problem is also there. There is a struggle within our hearts to love others. But there's a second problem. Actually, loving the whole world is very easy. How do you do that? You take a world map, you put it on the table, and then you light a candle, and then you love people in all the countries. Then you can love terrorists also, because they are in, the, they are in East Africa, some are in the Middle East, others are drug dealers in South America. We can love them, we can say, Father, forgive them, we can, we can really care for them, we can really offer a heart of really loving heart. And then someone in the family comes and disturbs our prayer. They shake you up. Hey, what are you doing? Then we stop loving the world and we become very nasty to the people who are close by. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the real challenge, the real challenge, one is how do you find strength to love other people when we ourselves are broken? The second one is how do you love the people who are closest to you? which is really the challenge, because you see them day in and day out. You know them through and through. So there is, there is no, you know, you can't give them the benefit of the doubt, because you know what they are doing. And neither can they give you the benefit of the doubt, because they know what you are doing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's why new friends are always better than old ones because they don't know our, our background yet. So we can put on the makeup, uh, uh, have the good manners. Uh, yes, sir. No, sir. How wonderful. Yes, you know. And how we can have a great, great time uh, till you drop the ball. <laughs> the moment you drop the ball, the hidden nature comes out. But the command of the Lord is beautifully given. Love one another is the command of the Lord. But tonight, we are going to reflect on how we could really do that. And here we have the answer. We can say it again. We love because He has loved us first. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's the good news of Christianity. So I'd just like to go back to uh, the base idea that we reflected last week. What is that? The question. What's the question? What is the one thing we can do to please God? What makes God happy? That's the question we asked last week. And if you have forgotten, we fold up the, the shop and we go home. Anyone tell me? Yes. The front lines are saving the back lines. Okay. <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the one thing that really pleases God? What's it? Faith. I told you how you analyze the scripture, you look at the New Testament, and you begin to see that what makes God happy is faith. So we looked at the scripture. We are not going to look at everything, but we are going to look at Hebrews 11 6 Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 
And without faith, it is impossible to please God. What about all the kneeling? What about all the praying? What about, what about all the sacrifices? What about all the good things? I think they all add on. They all add on. Like the sacraments, I've begun to realize. We have been reflecting very much on the sacraments, uh, on the sacrament of baptism uh, in the last few months, very much. And I've begun to quietly realize that the sacrament that makes all the other sacraments possible is baptism. And we have not considered it too seriously. Actually, I'm seriously considering going, uh, you know, trying to find uh, when they, in, the, when the, in the theological institute, they are lecturing on baptism to go and listen again because we listen to those lectures, but it has not registered. Now only I'm beginning to realize without baptism, uh, all the other sacraments don't operate. The Eucharist, you can't receive Jesus Christ. You know, you can't receive the confirmation. You can't go to confession. Baptism is like the foundation of our uh, Christian experience. So if baptism is the foundation of Christian experience, every other thing adds on. The Eucharist gets great value by bringing Jesus into our life. You know, confession gives us great opportunity to be free of the past and live into the future. But every one of them is based on that base sacrament called baptism. And in the same way, the scriptures is telling us all every other spiritual act is based on the foundation called faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then he defines it. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So two things he says. You must believe that he exists. And if you seek him, he will give you a creative, beautiful answer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So now, uh, our topic is love one another as I love you. That was the commandment. But our topic is love because he has loved you first. Now we are looking at the fun foundation. What's the foundation? The foundation is, if you really want to please God, what do you need to have? You need to have faith. Now, having faith in God is a very general term, isn't it? Because there are, there is the, there are other gods, you know, there are Hindu gods, there are, there are other, other gods. You can say, I have faith in in God in a very general sense. But for us Christians, to have faith in God is to believe in His Word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Those who are writing it down, you can write down, you can pray with it. To have faith in God is to believe in His Word. And His Word is two-dimensional. One is the Word in the Scripture, but the other is Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus Christ himself is the word of God. And Jesus gave it beautifully to us. John chapter 8 verse 31. John chapter 8 verse 31. 
to the Jews who had believed in him, believed him. Actually, this is very significant because to the Jews who believe means these are people who already believed in the Old Testament, in the laws of Moses, in the, in the declarations of the prophets, to the Jews who believed him. And, and they came to him, he says, to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. And uh, the Jerusalem Bible translation will say, if you make my word your home, you will be my disciple. And then the next verse completes it. If you look at the next verse, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. My brother, my sister, we need to fully appreciate what has been said here. Do you know that uh, we have something called a discernment voice inside us? When some politician says, this is the truth, inside our hearts we say, that's not the truth. You know? Who says that? We have an internal discernment voice. And in the, you know, this voice is very strong. You know? uh, during the war, unfortunately, we had a 30-year war. You know? uh, uh, unfortunately, we began to find out there are voices that are even deeper than your conscious mind. You know? And in the war, during the war, when the battles took place and people were dying, you know, there was grief and joy that was coming from deep inside us, depending whether you were a Sinhalese or a Tamil. It's amazing. You know, the base of our understanding is from our subconscious. And most of the time, we agree with things that we think are good. We don't agree with things we don't think are good. And we can even do that to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Actually, in, uh, in India, in the Divine Retreat Center, uh, he's no longer there, but those days, uh, there was this advocate. He was an advocate by profession, uh, but uh, he was a preacher in the retreat center. So as he got older, he preached brilliantly, but as he got older, he also used to get annoyed with the people in the audience, you know. I think that's a problem people have, you know. You get older, you start getting annoyed, you know. And uh, one day after the lecture, uh, a person came up to him and said, you know, I don't agree with what Jesus says about divorce. So he said, so what can I do? That is what Jesus says. He says, but I don't agree. I don't think that's right. So he got there. He says, I think that's not right. He said, but what can I do? He was getting annoyed. He said, no, but, but here within this, Jesus, what he says about divorce, I don't. So then he asked, where in the Bible does he say that? So I'll show you. He said, he turned the Bible. He came to that. Here it is and gave it to him. He took the Bible in his hands. And what did he do? Tore the page out of the Bible and threw it aside and gave the Bible back and said, now in your Bible, you don't have it. Praise the Lord. That's what you mean by having subjective truth. <laughs> I am thinking this is good with, this is okay with me, that's not okay with me. This is right with me, that's not right. Who is deciding all that? Myself. But Jesus warned him, if you are really my disciple, what will you do? You will make my word your home. You will live inside my word. Then you will start knowing the truth about everything. 
and that truth will set you free. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So some of the things we are believing are not really from the heart of God. It's from modern, modern understanding, which is very limited truth, you know. Some of the things that we believe are absolutely right may, may, is not coming from the word of God. It's coming from popular understanding. And we are shifting our thinking to fit that. And then we are thinking, I'm not, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm frightened, I'm going through struggle. And if you go to see the foundation, something is wrong. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, how do you please God? Can you tell me? What's the greatest way of pleasing God? Faith, great faith. And last week I said it, I'm not going back to those texts, but faith in what? Great faith in His great love. Because that's really like the underlying theme of Scripture. So you can have faith in a lot of stuff, but if you read the New Testament, in the New Testament, we are called to have faith in his love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Unfortunately, when we were children, we were raised with the Old Testament attitude of fear, you know. And fear is God will punish you. You will get bad things will happen to you. So most of the people out of fear become obedient to the rules and laws. So after about 50 or 60, uh, they are thinking better prepare a place there also, you know. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then of course, we become religious, you know. After 70, you say the rosary and say the prayers, just in case, you know, you die and you have to go there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you can see here, you please God by having faith, faith in His Word. What's His Word? His word is his love for us. John chapter 3, verse 16, the most foundational verse of God's love for us. And we look at it tonight in a special way. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here also you have the word Faith, belief is coming in. But the key text, the key understanding I'd like to share with you tonight is God's love for the world. Now when you say world, uh, the singular Bible translates it much better than the English one. The, the singular Bible says, Lokaya, you know. Lokaya. Lokaya means people of the world those who are in small sin and those who are in mortal sin those who are willfully separated from God those who don't want anything to do with God for everyone the scripture says God has great love praise the Lord Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, this is the amazing truth. But then it means nothing to anyone till you do what? The, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, faith 
in this love. Actually, when we were growing up, uh, no one told us about God loving the lost and the broken. We were told that if you are good, God will be really good to you. you know? And if you, are, if you behave well, God will really bless you. And he will look after you and your needs will be met. We had so many stuff like that that we got into us that we missed the promise of the scripture. What's the promise of the scripture? The promise of the scripture is so clear. God's love for the whole world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, we leave uh, 316 here and we go back to the verse that we reflected last week, which is... Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. This amazing thing. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Look at this text a little bit. What do you mean by dead in transgressions? That means too far gone. Too far gone. There is no answer for your problem. You are already gone. People who live, you can say people who have died, but we can also say those who live in mortal sin. God's great love for us is that he died for those who are also living in mortal sin. Who are disobedient who have made a great mistake, who have lost their way. His love is there for each one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, this is the fundamental good news. And if you believe it, things begin to happen. Great faith in his great love. So we'll go back to John 3.16 and we go to 3.17 now. And 3.17 takes it to another place if you look at it together. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said it so many times, isn't it? He said the, the, in, 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 uh, in the encounter with Zacchaeus, uh, Luke chapter 19 verse 10, he says, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Then in Mark chapter 2, when they were, the Pharisees were saying, this man is associating with sinners, he said, the, it is the sick who need the doctor and not those who are righteous. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm beginning to think, this message has not sunk in to our hearts. And because of that, over time, even in a serious spiritual journey, we come to discouragement. Why do we come to discouragement? Because we feel that we are unable to give response to God. We are unable to love Him. We are unable to love our neighbor. We are unable to love ourselves. We go through so many struggles in our hearts. Little by little, little by little, we become discouraged and we stop coming to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, there may be many reasons for dryness in prayer. There may be many reasons. But I think this is like the main reason why we can't pray. 
So last time I said, you know, uh, there was this priest who was explaining uh, the life of Padre Pio. And uh, they, he said, uh, you know, he prayed 50 rosaries a day. You know, 50 rosaries, I got a shock, you know, did he have time to breathe, you know, when you pray 50 rosaries. Then he said, he whipped himself daily. He whipped himself daily. So somebody there in the group asked that priest, why did he do that? He said, because he considered himself a great sinner. I don't know about you, for me that was a great encouragement <laughs> because if he considered himself a great sinner, that means that must be a part of the spiritual journey. You know? <laughs> My gosh, because we can't trust this love deep enough, we become discouraged. We think we have to change our nature. We have to become good. We have to grow in our holiness. And over years, when you are unable to do that, we become discouraged. Then we live on the surface. We say our prayers, but our hearts are untouched. Our doors are not open. Our inner being goes through struggles. We hate ourselves, you know. And then, of course, when we hate ourselves, it's manifested in the anger we show other people, you know. We snap at this and we snap at that, you know. And we found out, you know. And then we become impossible to live with, holy to pray with, but impossible to live with. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can you see the, the struggle that we go through? Because I'm thinking, because we haven't reflected deeply enough on the love that God has for us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So can you see here, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Look at the next verse. See how many times... He mentions faith. You can count it, you know. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Believe what? Believe in this love. That he came. He gave his life for me, a broken sinner. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. That means we are separated from the love of God stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So my brother, my sister, let's bring it back together again. What pleases God the most? Tell me. Faith. Faith in what? Faith in his word. And what's his word? His love for us. And if you start believing in his love, we have an assurance. We get something called eternal life. Now, those days I thought eternal life is when you die, you continue to live. Of course. But even, even people who are, who, are, who are really bad also continue to live after they die. You know? So, I met this exorcist. You know, he does exorcist ministry for many years, a priest. And uh, I, was, I was interested in, in his experience uh, so I was talking to him. I said, Father, uh, in my experience, you know, we have been ministering for 40 years. We have prayed for people who are possessed and who manifest, you know. And I said, in my experience, I have yet to meet a devil, you know, except the ones who are very close to us, of course. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yet to meet, yet to meet a devil. But I have met these dead spirits, uh, you know, people who have died, who continue to live, you know. And uh, 
he totally he tells me, yes, it's the same with me, he says. He has been doing ministry for so many years. He says, all people who have died, but in the wrong disposition. They have died in the wrong disposition. That means they have not lived well enough. So what has happened is, they are... Their soul or what their spirit is being used by these people to be sent to various people to do evil. So, so this living after death happens even to the worst. So eternal life is not living after death. What is that? It is enjoying God's love inside your heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's energy, God's strength God's power working inside my life. Isn't that amazing? What pleases God? Faith. Faith in what? Faith in His Word. What's the Word? Love. And when you have faith in His love, His love starts becoming energy inside of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's what we reflected on last week. Uh, Romans 5, 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Look at this beautiful text. And hope does not disappoint us. Because you believe in this love, first you have faith only. You don't have experience. You only have faith. But when you have faith in this love, that hope does not disappoint us. Why is that? Because God has poured out His love into our heart by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Shall we praise and thank the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise your Father, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, hallelujah, hallelujah. So my brother, my sister, I want to restructure the whole argument once again. What's it? What pleases God? Great faith. Faith in what? In His Word. His Word concerning what? Love. So when you have faith in His love, you have to have faith, you don't have to have any sign. If you have a sign, if you have a feeling, it's not faith. It's a, it's your, you're accepting a, an ex experience, you're, expect, you're accepting a feeling. No, you believe that revealed Word and then He says, you will have something called eternal life. And here it is said, what is eternal life is defined for us by St. Paul. Your hope will never be disappointed. Why is that? Because the love of God has been poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So my brother, my sister, tonight I just want to tell you, when you start believing in his love and the Holy Spirit starts putting it into your heart, things begin to happen in our life. So uh, John chapter 37, yeah, 37. Actually, the background to this verse is beautiful. Uh, he's in, he's in, uh, uh, he's in uh, uh, Galilee and his brothers ask him, uh, are, you, are you not going to Jerusalem for the feast? But they were going to kill him. So they, he didn't go. 
But he went quietly, he went silently. And when he went silently, he was watching what was happening. People were going to the temple, they were praying, they were coming back, but their needs were not being met. They were saying their prayers, they were offering sacrifices, but th things were not happening inside them. And then on the last day, he couldn't stand it anymore. He stood up and he shouted. On the last and greatest day of the feast, you can repeat that. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Can you see that? He says, anyone is thirsty. Thirsty for what? The great Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Her theme was, I thirst. Took it from the words of Jesus on the, on the scripture, on the cross. I thirst. If anyone is thirsty, he said, come to me. Thirsty for what? Thirsty for this love that people are hungering for. They went to the temple, they couldn't find it. They offered the sacrifice, they couldn't meet it. And Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, come to me, he said. Look at, look at the verse 38. Whoever believes in me, again the word, what's the word? Key is faith. As the scripture has said, streams of water will flow from within him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Actually, here is the key tonight. When the stream of Jesus comes inside, it not only fills you, what does it do? It overflows from you. And that's why the theme tonight, was the theme? The theme is, we love because he loved us first. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying? We love because he loved us first. Actually, our focus is not loving anybody. Our focus is not serving. Our focus is not being a disciple. Our focus, number one, come to me, he said. Come to me, he said. And when you come to me, a river will start flowing within your heart. And look at the next verse. John explains what the river is in verse 38. Uh, verse 39. By this he meant, you can repeat that, the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Can you see that? It was not yet given to them. They late. That's why they ran away on the last day. That's why they were not faithful because they didn't have the river inside of them. You know, sometimes I often question, you know, Lord, why do you call me to do this? Because I don't have the character. I don't have the strength. I don't have the nature to do what you're expecting. And the Lord reminds me, I don't want your character. I don't want your nature. I don't want your intelligence. Then what do you want? I want you to believe in me that the river will flow through you into the world around you. Praise the Lord. And, and he's explaining it. John is explaining it. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, again, I'm, I'm quantifying this whole thing. Uh, step number one, what is that? What pleases God? 
great faith. Number two, faith in what? Faith in his word. And his word is Jesus, not just his word, faith in his love. And when you have faith in his word and love, what do you get? The Holy Spirit. And when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings the love of God into our hearts. It's a river. And what is the nature of a river? It flows and then it overflows. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What's the theme tonight? We love because He has loved us first. So tonight I'm just inviting you, stop trying to struggle to follow Jesus. Stop trying to struggle to obey Him because that's not how He meant it. Look at this, it's said here, the disciples didn't, didn't have this experience yet. That's why at the, when the pressure was the highest, they left Him. That's why He became alone. Because the river was not yet flowing through their hearts. It's his suffering, it's his death, it's his resurrection, it's Pentecost that brings this into our lives. Shall we just praise and thank the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And see what St. Paul writes. Romans 8, 38. Beautifully given to us. Romans 8, verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers. Verse 39. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. St. Paul is either fully crazy. How can, when you are going to be killed, how can you not be separated from the love of God, you know. You know, the statues of St. Paul, it's only now I understand the significance. If you notice a statue of St. Paul, every statue of St. Paul, he's holding an, a sword. If you, if you take and you go to the internet and ask for an Im image of St. Paul, he's holding a sword. And you know why he's holding a sword? Because the sword is the one that killed him. He was beheaded. But the sword could not separate him from the love of God. Why is that? Because the love of God was flowing through the Holy Spirit from inside him, outside. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Normally for us, love comes from outside here, inside. Somebody tells us, you are great. Wow, I'm loved. So the wife was looking at herself in the mirror and didn't like what she saw. And she was complaining about all the things that had happened to her through her years of being married. And she turned to the husband and said, you know, give me a compliment, I'm really down, you know. And at least tell me one good thing about yourself. And he said, you have great eyesight. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, uh, so my brothers and sisters, normally love comes from outside, inside. And when the outside sources dry up, that's when we are depressed. That's when we are sad. 
That's when we walk in the desert. That's when we get into loneliness. That's when we fall into crisis. And that's natural and normal. But we are not normal. We are not natural. We are supernatural. Because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And because of that, deeper the crisis, greater the depths we go into, and deeper the source of living water that will come forth into our lives. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Actually, Jesus gave us that instruction. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus gave this beautiful instruction. This text is world famous. We need to allow it to become deeper and deeper in our hearts. Eleven twenty-eight. if you look at Levin, come to me, you can repeat that. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Are you misunderstood? Are you going through dryness? Are you going through rejection? Are people treating you badly? Are we going through abuse? Come to me, he says. And I will give you rest. Actually, if you look at the life of Jesus, towards the end of his life, he went through the greatest crisis of the whole universe. The Son of God going through the great rejection of the whole world. He did something that was natural to any one of us. What did he do? He picked up his three best friends. Who were they? James, John and Peter. And he clung to them. Actually that's what we do, isn't it? Text them, talk to them, phone them, go to them, complain to them. Because what are friends for if you can't complain about what's happening to you? What happened? They fell asleep. They couldn't carry his burden. And do you know that in our spiritual journey, God will lead us through that same path. We can cling to people. We can hold on to support. But there is a moment when he will remove that. Now I'm suspecting it is the Lord himself who put them to sleep. <laughs> Why is that? Then he had no support at the human level. What did he do? He went further. That's what it means. If you don't have support, if you don't have an answer, go further. What do you mean go further? He went into the feet of his father. And then he prayed. He complained. He said, I don't want this. That's what he said in plain terms. He said, take this away. I don't want this. But then he trusted his love and said, what did he say? Not my will, but yours. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at the next verse here. Matthew eleven twenty nine gives it to us. Take my yoke upon you. You can repeat that. And learn from me. What is, what's his yoke? What, what do we learn from him? He abandoned himself to the will of his father. That's the yoke. He didn't try to find his own solution. He surrendered to the will of his father. 
for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Anyone who has surrendered to the will of God knows what this means. When you say, yes, I will accept it from your hands, the river starts flowing from inside. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, I remember uh, before we were married, you know, uh, uh, there was opposition, opposition to, the, to our relationship. And we were asked to stop. Of course, I was angry. My wife was willing to, but I was angry with her also for agreeing to that, you know. I said, why should you allow anybody else to tell us what to do, you know. But anyway, we were in that struggle. And in my, in my prayer time, the Lord asked me a very relevant question. The question was, uh, you are angry that they are interfering in your life. I said, of course. You know, why shouldn't they? Why can't they mind their own business? You know, why do they want to interfere in our life? But then I heard the voice say, supposing it's my will that you let this go, will you say yes? Then only I realized something had happened in my heart. What had happened? God had given me my wife as a gift, uh, uh, you know, and I fell in love with her. But little by little, the gift became bigger than God himself. And God is jealous. <laughs> Why is he jealous? Not because he's jealous, but he can't make use of people who are crippled. What do you mean crippled? I'm attached to this and I'm attached to that and I'm attached to the other thing. God says, okay, then live with your attachments and die with your attachments. That's what happens to many of us. You know, and... He challenged me from deep inside. Supposing I'm the one. I said, I can't. I'm too caught up here. But not my will, but yours. If that's what you want, I'm ready to say yes. But I can't. I don't know how I'll do it. But here it is. Immediately, what happens? The river starts flowing. Because you have said yes to the love of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's why he says, my yoke is light. It's beautiful. Look at the next verse. He explains it. Verse 30. He gives it. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In surrender, this whole thing falls into place. It happened to Jesus. How did it happen? Not my will, but yours. The river flows. Matthew says, he was comforted by an angel. What is the comfort? When the river of the spirit is flowing through a surrendered life, you are comforted. Then he came back. They were sleeping again. Then he joked. He said, come, come. Are you still sleeping? He was no longer disturbed. Are you still sleeping? Come, join me. Let's go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, without this kind of inner journey, we are just scratching the surface of our journey. And most of the time, we are living discontented life. I'm inviting you tonight, once again, step by step. Number one, how do you please God? Great faith. Faith in what? Faith in His Word. And what's His Word? His Word is love. When you believe in this great love that God has for us, He doesn't leave us empty. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. The river starts flowing. And when you hold on to that, nothing can separate you from this love. 
Things are happening outside, but the river is flowing inside. And when that happens, the burden is light. Look what happened to Jesus. He was glorified. He became the risen Lord. The world was saved. The disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And history itself was changed by the great love of God. So, I want to finish with St. Francis tonight. My brother, my sister, we may not have great enemies. You know, we may not have great enemies, you know. But we may have people close to us who are very difficult to love. And that's a challenge. St. Francis lived in a time, uh, it was the 11th to the 12th century, uh, uh, 800 years ago, <coughs> when there were several movements in the church. And it's important for us to understand. You know, I'll explain it through the charismatic renewal. Actually today, uh, we are living in a time when the charismatic experience is in many places, isn't it? For example, the Pubudua is there in Sri Lanka. We are there. Then the Divine Retreat Center. We are all having the charismatic experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But different trends are taking place because the church needs it. In the time of St. Francis, there was a great need in the church. The need was that the church had become corrupt in its core. Uh, worldliness, uh, riches, uh, legalism was making the church bound. The reaction to this was lay movements that went back to the gospel. So Francis was not the only person who did that. It's, a, it's interesting to find out there were many other lay movements. They said, you know, the church is corrupt. There are enough issues. We want the pure gospel. And what did they do? They went to live the pure gospel. But the problem was, when they went to pay, live the pure gospel, they began to see the corruption inside the church. And when they saw the corruption inside the church, they attacked it. And the church, of course, very lovingly, attacked them back. And, and, and the result was conflicts. In these conflicts, it became very bitter and harsh. Many were excommunicated. Many, many issues took place in that time. And St. Francis' movement was unique. He was, he was never a priest. He was a layman. He was uh, one of the few laymen who have been, uh, even God has used in the mighty way in that, in that way. And there were other movements. There was this uh, movement in the church uh, called the Qatari movement. I'm not sure whether I'm using the word properly. It's an Italian movement. Qataris was a movement of lay people that wanted the purity of the faith restored. And uh, they argued with Francis and his followers. And they said, you know, uh, look at that priest. They showed one priest. You know what he's doing. His moral life is terrible. 
His behavior is terrible. The wealth he has collected is so great. And yet, you don't say anything against him. And uh, they say that Francis answered that question by going to that priest and kissing his hands and saying, through these hands, Jesus Christ is brought to the altar. What he did was, his capacity to go beyond the weakness of the other and pick the heart of that, what God is doing, ensured that the Franciscan movement didn't experience what all the other movements experienced. Why is that? Because he learned to love those in weakness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying? The Pope even gave permission to many of these movements to preach. What happened to Francis happened to many of these movements. But most of them were finished because they took opposition and didn't know how to love people in weakness. My brother, my sister, in our own lives, I don't think I've met anybody and I won't meet anybody who doesn't have people who are weak in their immediate circle. Isn't it? We all have them. And we are challenged. Love them because God has loved you first. That's what happened to Francis. He was able to love because God had loved him first. And when we start doing that, you know what will happen? Even the hardest heart will be touched. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, some of you, I know what you may be thinking. You don't know our family. <laughs> you don't know our situation, you know. If you know that one, you will really know. You don't know those people. I don't know, but God knows. And we learn from Francis beautifully. What did he learn? His experience of God's love was so deep, so rich, that he had the capacity to see beyond the brokenness of that person and bring out the beautiful nature inside. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.